0: Tad good. If this is your first time listening the first time podcast, I'll explain it. It's really, really simple. I bring on a guest, sometimes more than one guest. Um, one of us or all of us are experiencing something new for the first time and we talk about it. It's really that simple. Um, most of the time we'll be talking about movies or TV shows because that's what I'm into. but I'm open to literally anything. Uh, anything you can experience for the first time, I'm open to talking about it So, tonight i have two good friends of mine uh, that i actually met through podcasting i have my friend brian clark who i met through attack of the killer podcast he was a former member and then brian godsell who has been a longtime listener of attack of the killer podcast welcome guys
1: welcome hey it's great to be
2: here thanks for having us
0: of course always uh This one is sort of cheating because I didn't necessarily recommend this to you. And I've sort of already broken that rule. Like at first we were going to, you know, suggest something back and forth because that's where it sort of started. Uh, People are always asking for recommendations. And I was sort of sick of putting together actual thought on what that person would really enjoy and sort of taking in their interests in mind and uh, picking something for them. And I'd be like, you know, here it is, the perfect movie for you. And they're like, cool. And either I never hear back or I bug them for the next two weeks. Like, so do you watch it yet? And they're like, oh, no, no. And it's like, then why would you ask me? You know, it drives me nuts. So I was like, from now on, if you ask me, hey, got any recommendations? I'll say this one, but you have to come on and talk an hour on my podcast about it. So uh, I don't get asked that much anymore, surprisingly. <laughs> why and kinda? in this case... Had, what was that?
1: I had kind of Facebook messaged you and said, hey, that looks good. I've went past it several times on Shudder this week and almost watched it. And you jumped on and said, well, watch it so we can talk about it.
0: Yeah, so every, every episode I sort of do this build up to the t- topic as if you're not seeing it right there in the description, as if you're just blindly listening to this on the radio. So tonight's topic we're talking about is the WNUF Halloween special.
1: Don't check your dial, folks. You didn't tune into Transylvania's public access station. No, sir. Tonight is Halloween.
0: Halloween is
2: Satan's night, the night of the devil
1: reporter
0: frank stewart has a special halloween treat in store for viewers tonight he'll be leading a group
2: of paranormal experts through the infamous weber house do you know what happened here in the weber house
1: when people got killed their son went haywire frank stewart and his team of
0: experts will conduct the first ever live on tv seance
1: evil works in mysterious ways frank it's unpredictable are there any spirits in the house it's scary that, that, that's far out. There's that far out. Something strange going on in this house.
2: Animal mutilation. Paranormal disturbances. Devil worship. Wait, whoa, hold on. This is not stage. Hello? Is this the work of the devil? Folks, we are going where no camera crew has gone before. Father, perform the exorcism. This is not some Halloween prank. The grisly evidence of the supernatural is real. No, no. We'll be right back. You're watching the WMU Halloween special.
0: Okay, and like, like Brian just said, uh, I th- it sort of this one came about because I had watched it for the third time, I think it was uh, just the other night, and I posted about it on Facebook. And both of you sort of commented on it. You, you Brian Godsell, he messaged me and said, "You know, what do you think?" and should I check it out? I've, it's, I've been scrolling past it on Shutter. I'm like, absolutely. And then Brian Clark commented and said, uh, you know, I'm checking it out too. So I reached out to him and said, want to jump on? And he's like, well, I didn't. That, that wasn't me trying to invite myself. And I said, no, I'm inviting you. Uh, because this is such a unique, strange one to talk about. Uh, I was thinking, too, it was going to be a challenge. And, you know, there's it's not... At all a traditional movie. It doesn't have much of a structure. There's not... It's really a short movie with a bunch of wraparound commercials. Um, so not a whole lot happens in it. But just the the time of the year right now. We're recording this um, actually the night of the last presidential debate. So there's something more terrifying on TV right now. And uh, you're welcome for not, you know, making you guys watch that. But um, yeah, this is sort of a strange... Nostalgic trip, but it's not really nostalgic because it's new, but it's old. Um, I mean, overall, what did you guys go into it? You know, did you go into it sort of knowing about what it was about or did you just go blind into it and uh, it was all just new to you?
1: Uh, I had just read the little synopsis on Shudder and just kind of went into it thinking, It may be a Halloween special, kind of a throwback to the 80s, you know, TV, but I thought more of like a movie structure. I wasn't sure how it would come off.
2: I had first heard about it a few years ago on the wonderful but sporadically updated No Budget Nightmares podcast, so I knew exactly what I was getting in for, and it had been just one of those things that was on my list of stuff I wanted to watch for a few years now and you posting about it on Facebook and me having clicked past it on Shudder like oh I I guess the stars are aligning it's time to finally pull this trigger
0: yeah because it just jumped back on Shudder this month for their you know Halloween time because I mean it's not necessarily something most people would watch year round it definitely is a once a year October watch for me anyways, but the structure is pretty unique. Um, Basically it's like you found
2: it's,
0: it's hard to even explain. Like it's a more of an experience than it is an actual movie. It's basically, it's like you put a VHS tape into your VCR of an old recording of a Halloween special, but there are some things that sort of break that, that wall down where it actually fast forwards through parts of the, the tape. And that's not something like tapes actually did. They'd get fuzzy or lose tracking and different things. But as far as I know, I can't, you know, think of a time where it actually, a tape would actually have a moment where it's fast forward like that. Um, so so I, d- I
2: didn't take that to be that, that the tape was fast forwarding itself. It was just adding to the experience of if you, this is a thing that you had, like, you know, anyone who taped something off TV back in the day, you if if you weren't sitting there with the remote so you could edit out the commercials uh right a, as you were watching it if you had something taped that had the commercials in it, you always fast-forwarded through them but you never quite got it right you know so you maybe you'd got up to get a drink and left the first commercial running and then came back and sat down and go oh it's commercials and then started fast-forwarding or you were fast-forwarding too long you know, you, you had to, like, you drop the remote and shit, you missed the first couple of minutes of the show coming back from after the break or something like that. Um, you know, I, I always had a jumpy trigger finger on the fast-forward button when I was trying to watch something that I had taped off TV. So that just kind of added to the realism of it for me, I guess.
1: Yeah, that's kind of how the movie came off to me, is maybe as a child someone recorded this, you know, because they thought, oh, this is cool, I'll record this, and... Now they're an adult and they're finding this tape or they found this tape at a yard sale or somewhere and they're sitting down watching it and they're like, oh, commercials. We'll fast forward through this. Oh, we'll watch this. You know, something along those lines of an actual person sitting down to watch it, you know.
2: Because it, it, it's all that that comes to a head at the very end when the last, you know, there are no credits at the end of the thing. The final shot of the movie is just the blank blue screen with the white letters that say "stop" and the little square and the sound of a tape ejecting from a VCR. <laughs> they com- they committed to their gimmick,
0: <laughs> right? It nails like what VHS promised us, which I love the the first two VHS movies. But you know, it's very crystal clear that they filmed those things and you know, really with really nice cameras and they had a budget and stuff. This is, you know, they commit to it a lot more um like you said the credits not having a credits uh at the end and it just there's no credits at the beginning there's no credits at at all um and i we don't need to go like step through step of the movie but the basic premise is pretty simple uh story wise we're watching this movie it starts as a local uh, sort of public access i'd say more like a local news station sort of uh you know just a small town local news and they're airing a halloween special where a local broadcaster goes to a house where murders were committed and they brought two mediums and a priest and to the house and it's sort of hokey sort of fun throwback and they go into the house and um as you can imagine bad shit actually starts happening right on air and this was um at a time where there were I mean, it, it's hard to sort of place this, because to me it seems maybe more 90s, but I'm reading to 80s. I mean, what do you guys gather from this? Does it feel more 80s or 90s to you?
1: Uh, I, You know, it's kind of on that edge. I think it's set in like 87, 88, so it's, you know, feels like the late 80s, you know. But I heard um, the cops tips. One of the tips was, um, you know, check your candy for needles you know, with the AIDS virus. So there's yeah. still some of those old throwback 80s jokes in there. Um, and the the news station almost reminded me of uh, the Fox station. You know, it was like Channel 18, I think, on UHF when it first started in the area. So it really reminded me of that station, you know, an early Fox station. And this would be something they'd put on, you know, on a Friday night or, you know, a Saturday night, maybe before Halloween or if Halloween just happened to fall on a weekend, they'd throw this on on a Friday night because they, you know, honestly didn't have much to throw on there.
2: Yeah, I I, especially with the uh, satanic panic stuff that they get into a little bit when they're showing a preview, you know, later tonight, uh, there'll be another news, hard-hitting news special about the Satan worshippers killing pets in the area kind of thing. Um It, yeah, I I was assuming it like mid to late 80s.
0: Yeah, and it's what I did not expect the first time I watched this was just how many commercials and how hard they would commit to this. Um, Most people doing something like this would probably cut the commercials down to one or two, but they, this felt gratuitous, like to the point, I I was like, was there actually that many commercials on? I, I mean, we're all sort of spoiled now. We have DVRs. Nobody watches live TV unless it's something, you know, like a, like sports or uh, something like that. But it, it just maybe it's just me because I, I'm so spoiled with technology and I never had to sit at my VCR and try to, you know, flash, fast forward through commercials. Uh, I was born in 85. So, you know, when I started getting into that kind of stuff, uh, I, I still had obviously had VCR and had a lot of VHS tapes. But You know, and I remember um, actually having the take, you know, having two VCRs, a friend of two VCRs, and you would record from one one uh, tape to another. That was like, you know, old school bootlegging, and it was awesome to have build up your VHS collection from a friend. But. um, Yeah, to me, it felt like the commercials and stuff felt a little more 90s, but um, from what I understand reading about this, these commercials were actually like. Put together with found footage, and then you know they added voiceovers to it. Um, yeah, they bought just...
2: they bought a bunch of like cheap old, just like library stock footage, and clipped them together into some reasonable semblance of a commercial. the The best one was the uh, heavy metal mixtape one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was. Favorite, but yeah, you're right. Like, and the repeated appearance of some of them, like the carpet one, like that was also realistic because you'd see the same handful of commercials fucking over and over again, especially on a local channel like that, where it's local businesses buying uh, a lot of the ad time. But you're right. They do take up way too much of the runtime. Like, I don't know if they just got so in the weeds making these fake commercials, because I'm sure that was a lot of fun.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. With these commercials,
2: and so they included so many of them but especially in in back in the 80s a local station would not be cutting to commercial every 5 minutes or less like live tv does now so that that kind of that was really the one thing that broke the realism of it for me was they're just always like you you might get 2 minutes of the guy in the haunted house with the mediums and then they'll go right back to a commercial. And I get that towards the end of it, they're starting to cut back to the commercials on purpose because there things are happening in the house that they don't want to show on TV. But to begin with, before shit starts going real crazy, it just doesn't make a lot of sense how much of the runtime is taken up by these commercials.
0: Yeah, it's sort of weird because they're they're breaking some traditional rules in a way because it's like they're, they're building the tension... With this story in the house as shit starts to go bad and then they cut right away, you know, and of course, that's what back then live TV was always sort of had that reputation of like, you know, oh, up, uh, you know, it looks like we're having technical difficulties we'll be right back and they do that break. But in this one, they almost it's like a double edged sword because it's it does break you know, right in the middle of a moment, but it also has some tension because it's like you want, you want to get through these commercials to see what's actually happening at the house yourself. And so the anticipation sort of builds during these, these other commercials. But like you said, to run the commercials, they, they committed to run the commercial so many times uh, or, or so often and to repeat them, the the repeating them. Absolutely. Like you said, is completely genuine. If you watch anything, in the area. I mean, we're all uh, me and uh, Brian Clark are in Iowa and God's right over in Galesburg. uh, So right across the river from me. And this is what local, and I imagine in most, at least most smaller cities, probably some bigger cities, the local news broadcasts are like that, where you see local commercials and you see the same one. And especially right now during political seasons, like, Holy shit, man, every commercial break, you see, you know, four smear ads and it's, you just get so sick of them. But, uh, it's like they overcommitted because they fell in love with these commercials and fell in love with uh making them you're watching WNUF
1: Kimberly what's wrong oh nothing I'm fine
0: it's your tampon isn't it how
1: did you know here
0: try this stay sure tampons for active women like us We need long-lasting protection made by women. Women who understand our bodies and what we go through. Thank you! How about round two?
1: (laughs) And I almost wonder if the movie was meant to be later at night or set later at night. Because if you watch it, at the beginning it seemed like it was... uh, parents against partying you know don't do drugs and then you get to the um the carpet commercial you get to the rock commercial and then you get to the my favorite commercial the strip club at the end the, sh-
0: the shining trapeze strip <laughs> yeah club. The,
1: the eggs and legs buffet at the shining trapeze <laughs> strip club
0: <laughs> yeah there's so many funny ones there's uh this the stay sure tampons, uh, the Andrew for governor. So it was like, yeah, October that they even thought of that, like it's October. So uh, election season is in full, you know, it's like right around Chris or right around Halloween time. Every year there's political ads because, uh, election day is coming up. So that was smart to think on, on the timing wise. That was perfect. Uh, and like you said, Phil's carpet warehouse is the one that repeats, uh, parents against partying there's. And what's crazy is I I don't know if there's one director that directed the movie part, uh, Chris La Martina, La Martina. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, but, uh, he directed the main parts of the story. And then I'm assuming the people who came in and did the commercials are friends, uh, of the director. And, uh, I'm not going to list all of them because there's like a dozen writers on this thing. Um, and another dozen directors that, that directed the commercials and, There's two writers for the actual story, Jimmy George and Jamie Nash along with Chris. Um, Just such a weird, fascinating project to me. I had no idea. I mean, obviously I had an idea that this was a fake Halloween special going into it. That's all I knew about it. I had no idea how committed to it was. And I watched it with my wife and my friend, Adam and, I was having a hard time reading what they thought of it while we were watching it. I'm like, cause it seems sort of polarizing. It generally has a, um, a good following. Like people really do seem to enjoy it for the most part, but I've seen some people who just don't get it. They're just like, w- why would I waste my time watching fake commercials? This is such a waste of time.
1: And I'm guessing those are younger people that watch fake TV every day, like reality TV.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah,
1: I mean, I think you just have to take it with a grain of salt and enjoy it, you know, and relive if you were alive then, you know, yes, that time in your life or that time in, you know, this country's history or whatever you want to call it.
2: It's a thing for a very specific audience. And I could definitely see how uh, younger, audience, younger viewers who would, never had that experience, never had anything taped off TV on a VHS. Like, I understand not getting it. I can see how this would be very dull and off-putting to someone who had never had that experience, because the entire thing is just essentially recreating a nostalgia trip, because there's so little of the actual story to hang on to and it gets interrupted so frequently that if you didn't get why all those dumb commercials were funny, this would be agony to sit through
0: <laughs> yeah I, I often like when i was watching this for the first time i was sort of wondering if there were in there was anybody out there and i'm sure it's happened and especially at the beginning of the release that actually watched this and thought this was an actual special that was taped because you can find stuff on youtube with commercials and it's, it's sort of become another popular thing like you're talking about fast forwarding through commercials Now people are trying to find original broadcasts of different movies or or pilots or TV shows with those commercials just to sort of relive. And I mean, we're in an age where nostalgia is everything. Every show is a throwback to the 80s, and now we're getting reboots of every 80s and 90s TV show and movie. Um, It's just strange.
2: And may I just say, I have stacks and stacks of bootleg MST3K VHS tapes that were taped off Comedy Central, many of which still have the commercials intact. And unless we're talking about a very specifically entertaining, say, fast food commercial, or those really kick-ass toy commercials you'd get on Saturday morning cartoons, all those old commercials really are not worth going back to because they're, they're just commercials, man. <laughs> that, that is a wave of nostalgia I don't get in, unless it's something very specific like Dino Riders or Transformers or whatever.
0: Yeah. And most of those people do rip and just throw those on in general on YouTube. right? Uh, and like you guys, you have guys like dinosaur Dracula on Facebook and, and Twitter and he's sort of my go-to for that kind of stuff. He'll put together an article that has, you know, 10 spooky retro Halloween commercials. And he's done like 30 of those articles, you know, he does like two or three a year for the last uh, 10 years and it's, it's a blast to go through some of those. And, um, when I would play movies at the Capitol, back when we could go to theaters, I would put together pre-show reels of old Halloween commercials that I remember from my childhood, or, or if we're playing a movie that came out in you know, 88, I would try to find commercials specific to that time period. So it felt like, you know, sort of building up to it and it's fun to look back. And I often wonder if people just think I'm nuts because I'm playing old McDonald's
2: commercials on the big screen. Well, that's old McDonald's commercials are cool. Cause you get the McDonald land characters.
0: You get those and you get the old pails were really cool. They had the talking chicken nuggets. Uh, commercials were just way cooler back then. It feels like now everything's like a commercial for a cell phone service or right now a political ad and, i don't i don't think kids will ever like brian you have i mean you both have kids they probably won't look back and like you know wish they could revisit these commercials that we currently have on tv it's just i don't know if it's a generational thing but like i know on twin peaks day earlier this year um they on like the anniversary of the pilot airing on tv someone streamed their original recording of the pilot from ABC on Twitch with commercials intact and they played it straight through and people went nuts for it. It was like you know, they had people all over like I probably, you know, thousands and thousands of viewers watching this saying even though we have it in high definition on Netflix and Hulu and everybody has the Blu-rays, something different about revisiting it with those commercials and reliving a special night in many people's memories that they had to actually sit down on the couch with their family and watch it on their TV so they could talk about it next day at work.
1: Yeah, and I almost wonder if the nostalgia stems from, for us, we're small, local people. So even to this day, if I turn on a station that's a local, I get on an antenna. Late at night, there's, you know, Bob's bicycle emporium in Burlington or, you know, so for me, the throwback would be seeing places that maybe I went when I was younger, you know, and be like, Oh, remember when we went there, or, you know, remember when we ate there and remember when oh, yeah. we could eat out as a family, you know, yeah. we can't all sit at a table. Cause they only allow six people, you know? Yeah. That would be my throwback. And, unless you're late at night on a local station, you're not getting those commercials. You're not getting anything really local. Um,
0: yeah, the, uh, strip club commercial reminded me of staying up late watching like Howard Stern on ETV. And they had like the girls gone wild tapes commercials. It was like, you know, $10 and you get your first DVD and then they just rob you blind. Uh, and it just made me laugh because, or the the pick up the phone commercials during <laughs> up up all night, where it's like call and talk to a sexy woman for you know two dollars an hour or something crazy, and uh, it's just that was something that you only saw after a certain time. It was like once ten or eleven p.m. hit, the the weird commercials came out.
1: Well, this one had a one nine hundred monster that was like two dollars a the first minute and 45 cents each additional minute. And I don't know, maybe I talked to a guy that's playing Dracula or the Wolfman or the mummy, you know, it had a couple of those sprinkled in. I think it had a, maybe a tarot reading phone number. Yeah. You know, calling, you know, those were late at night. They had a, Oh, Miss Cleo. Yeah. Miss Cleo, you know, late at night and you'd be on the phone for five minutes and you'd get a bill for $85, you know, your parents would be stuck with.
2: Freddy Krueger yeah. had a call-in line too.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I remember hearing about that, but how did they did they promote it with late-night commercials or was it on like a VHS or how did they do that?
2: I think it was on VHS as it may have been. A, I didn't have satellite TV until I was 13 because I grew up on a farm in the middle of fucking nowhere. <laughs> so we couldn't Did you have cable.
0: one of those... Big satellites out in the yard?
2: No, by the time we got ours, they had just the little, like, foot-wide ones that they'd mount on your roof, but my grandparents had one of those giant six-foot parabolic motherfuckers that you actually had to uh, align to different broadcast satellites depending on what channel package you were going to watch, so you could, like, click the remote and then look out the window and see the satellite moving, so you felt like you were at fucking NASA doing science just trying awesome. to watch something on the sci-fi channel. Um, <laughs> But the, I've, I, the only place I've actually seen the ad for the Freddy one was uh, we went to a 35 millimeter double feature of Nightmare on Elm Street Nightmare on Elm Street 3 up at the Parkway Theater in Minneapolis a couple of years ago. And they had a bunch of Freddy-related uh, ephemera playing before the movie, and the, the hotline was one of them. Trick or treat, you foolish humans. Your worst nightmare has something special for you today. Dial this number now. If you're one of my lucky callers selected at random, you can talk to me live while you're awake. It's a dream come true. You and me. So dial this number now if you dare. Talk to me live. Freddy Krueger is just a phone call away. $2 the first minute, 45 cents each additional minute. Children, get your parents' permission before you dial
0: so it was like a there was a video I, I imagine they probably ran an ad in fango too like a, oh
2: undoubtedly yeah
0: in the back uh you know in the in the back ads or something but that's something that i mean does that still exist i just don't watch like fangoria is still exists
2: kind of but.
0: well yeah they just i think they just revealed the cover of their n- new issue because it's making a second or third comeback but um just 900 numbers in general like calling i i'm sure there's something out there cuz there's a lot of lonely people but uh it just is a thing that kids today probably just don't understand like you know and i i hear about like people a generation above me who were like you used to be able to call a number and get the weather and i'm like uh oh, that's i never remember doing that but apparently that was a thing
1: that was a thing i think the number actually still works where i live But why would you call call it? You could just look on your phone. phone. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Or look out your window. Yeah. Or you can look in the farmer's almanac like my dad and, uh, you know, he'll tell me how this winter is going to be wet or something.
1: Yeah. I think I want to say for some reason, I vaguely remember that Freddie hotline being on USA network late at night. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but, I kind of remember it being on a channel late at night. And I think if you called it, you got like a story. You didn't get an actual person. You got like a story. And if you call it again, you got a different story. And I'm sure if you go online, you can find all the stories listed, you know, and oh, listen okay. to them all, you know, and probably all the commercials, you know. all That's actually something. a pretty
2: cool idea for a... Yeah. I like the... Rather than just talking to someone who's pretending to be Robert England, like that you actually get some, you know, unique content from it. That's, that's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got way off the movie, too. didn't we?
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, in a way, but I sort of knew this movie would be a short talk because it's really not a whole, we're talking about a, a 90% commercials with a 10 minute short film thrown in here. Yeah, uh, Cause it, they, it, they started with a news broadcast and, it's really cool because the hosts or the um, anchors are dressed up. And I I remember, you know, I think my household, we watch WQAD, which is local channel eight, which is like the Quad Cities news. And they. It, I, it's weird because like growing up, we watched local news every night at, at 10 o'clock and then they followed it with an episode of MASH and the lights would go off. And that was when I knew it was time for me to go to bed and my dad would sit in the dark in the living room watching mash and chain smoke, like a pack of cigarettes. And it was like that's. And so when I see those anchors now uh, and obviously they're, you know, 25 years older, I'm like, man, that's crazy. They're still doing it.
2: Yeah. I remember our uh, local affiliate news anchors dressing up for Halloween. But yeah, the the movie is kind of like if they made ghost watch for can deposit money. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah yeah but it it definitely feels authentic and quality and stuff uh from what i understand they you know filmed it and then made several copies on different uh on different v- vcrs and they went from v- vhs to vhs uh several oh. times to c- to capture yeah. the actual aesthetic of extremely degraded vhs tape yeah that's and clever. obviously they filmed it in uh four by three so that it looks of the time. Uh, not that, you know, that's a pretty, if you miss that when you're making a, a throwback, you know, you have no hope, but it's just little things you don't think about. And I thought it's, you can replicate it with all the filters you want, all the different apps you can throw. on. I mean, you could film something like this on your phone, but it's clear that they took the time and they, Really made it feel genuine, but then, you know, like I said, degrading it in a VHS. I think that's sort of what Tim and Eric used to do with their on their show. Uh, Tim and Eric, awesome show, great job. They would actually take some of the footage and run it several times and make copies of copies of copies because every copy you made was a little more degraded, and uh, it definitely is authentic. It feels more real than some of these uh, after effects that people do in post-production.
1: And I'm guessing they spent the whole budget on VCR tapes from Goodwills in the area. Probably Be- because there's no budget for this movie. I mean, that I'm, and... no one got paid. I'm guessing no one got to eat. I mean, I looked at the budget, fifteen hundred dollars, and I, it blows my mind that they made a movie so of this two VCRs, quality for a bunch that.
2: Of tapes and a dead cat prop.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, I. I mean, 1500 bucks. they probably, you know, spent some on the, renting the equipment to film it, maybe. And they probably still did do some uh, craft services if they didn't pay the actors. At least they got to feed them. Um, you know, just even if it's a group of friends. But I thought overall the performances were pretty fun, pretty good. Uh, you know, they played. I, I love the. I, I don't remember the na- his name off the top of my head, but the actual uh, lead that's actually at the house doing leading that investigation. He starts off sort of thinking this, you know, sort of gives off the vibe that he thinks this is complete bullshit, and then throughout the night, obviously, when things start going bad, we learn it's not bullshit, and shit starts hitting the fan, and uh, the the old couple that are mediums are are hilarious, too, because they bring their cat, who they say is part of their um, crew, and it reminds me so much of you know actual things like like i said earlier we would watch the news but on weekends they had unsolved mysteries and america's most wanted following cops and you know some especially those uh 90s unsolved mysteries episodes you would see you know people who were like i predicted this or i i in my mind i saw where this missing kid was and we found him you know and that kind of stuff it reminded me of that in a way
2: yeah, that lead guy, the character is Frank Stewart, played by Paul Ferenkopf, and uh, he did a fine job. I'm not saying that I wish it was somebody else in the role, but the whole time I was just thinking, man, this would be awesome if it was J.K. Simmons, because <laughs> I kind of got that vibe off of him.
0: Oh, yeah, but do you think that that would pull you out of this, though, right, that if you recognize no, Oh, yeah, it, yeah, yeah,
2: it absolutely would, right? I was just whatever but, reason he kind of reminded me of him. I mean, I think this Paul Ferenkopf guy is a bigger dude. He's, you know, you know, physically, uh, more imposing and all that, but just something about his voice and mannerisms.
0: Yeah. I could totally see what you're saying. Yeah. And
1: it looks like he's in quite a bit of stuff. When I looked up the IM, uh, DB, he looked like he had a large, you know, uh, amount resume. of movies he was in his resume, and it it looked like a lot of the people from this were movie were in a lot of movies that he was in, so I don't know if it's a group of actors that you know have become friends working um it looked you know mostly horror sci fi they've maybe become friends, and this was something they set out to you know we're gonna make our own movie uh, yeah. Still you know, have fun love kind of thing. yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I imagine a project like this, like you said, with such a small budget, it has to be a labor of love, and they're all just sort of having fun. I mean, how could this not be a blast to make? It's it's like, I, I wonder how much of a actual screenplay they had to go off of, or how much of it was just sort of improv right on the scene. Uh, you know, it just it seems like a lot of it was probably just go with the flow and, uh, you know, take make a couple takes, and... That was good. Not saying that it was in any way low quality or anything, but that's what they're sort of going for and the live TV aspect of it.
2: You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast
0: Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www. www.thepfpn.com.
1: Thanks for listening.
2: I'm just going to say that it's very lighthearted and you're just kind of along for the ride, having fun with this little local TV thing. And then once the cat bites it, <laughs> the tone changes very drastically. And I, that is the one thing I was not expecting. Because I didn't remember much of the details of the story. I just knew what it was. And mostly I actually was aware of the commercials. Um, but I had forgotten a lot of what the actual story was about by the, from when I heard about it to when I finally watched it. So... I was not expecting it, but I really liked where it went. I thought that was a cool angle.
0: Yeah, the the gimmick sort of gets all the attention. I mean, we spent a half hour talking about that alone. And, uh, you know, obviously that's what people know it for. But it the the actual little story that is in between all these commercials is actually pretty damn good. And like you said, it's, it's all sort of fun nostalgia and sort of hokey and playing on this. And when the cat goes missing... It's like, OK, you know, and, and we're still sort of laughing at the couple because they're so concerned about the missing cat. And the the anchor sort of like, well, get your goddamn cat. You know, it's going to be OK. Uh, just tell us if there's anything in his house. And he's sort of pushing them and the the uh, priest to sort of uh, almost find stuff like he's like this. You know, he doesn't want this newscast to be boring. So he's almost like pushing them to make find stuff and make something up. We learn later that the uh, the priest is actually a paid actor, and but the the mediums are actually you know I guess is real. It depends on what you believe, but they're you know I'm doing air quotes with my fingers mediums, Uh, but they are fully committed. And when they're when their cat gets killed, yeah, obviously as an animal lover, that's always tough for me to watch. But uh, this definitely it shifted the whole movie. It went from you know 0 to 60 really fast.
1: Yeah, the priest uh on the steps pissing his pants. I'm just an actor. <laughs> <laughs> that one of the best parts of the movie. Um yeah, it almost started to shift when they uh oh, somebody destroys their you know whatever their ghost or spirit finding equipment. Yeah. And I don't know if the actor, the anchor thinks, oh, well, you know, they're, they're putting me on. And then they do the seance and every idiot in the county calls. And, you know, I don't remember one person asking a decent question, you know, why they're doing the phone seance, you know, sitting around. Right.
0: Yeah. And that was a big thing back then too. I mean, I remember watching live TV and you just sort of wait for people to call in and yell Baba Booey. That was (laughs) a thing for a long time. And I'm sure it still happens if you do live stuff. Uh, But yeah, it just reminded me of that time. And, you know, we're we're already sort of talking and, and led into the ending where, you know, we find out that the cat gets killed and then, you know, crazy shit starts happening doors open and closing it by themselves uh and they do this sort of fun way to cut away from things you know as soon as something goes bad they cut the camera and go back to the news station they're like you know uh we'll be right back after these advertisements that classic go-to but it works in their favor because they have these commercials they can actually cut to when
1: well, they cut to the lady that's in the van that's supposed to be their safeguard um and they cut to a the dentist, you know, they had a little story about the dentist. Yeah. Yeah, Given, I think it was a dollar a pound for candy. So.
0: Which I I mean, Halloween is like, you know, job security for dentists. So I'm not sure why he'd be buying the candy.
1: And and I'm probably maybe, maybe I'll sell you half and keep half, but I want $2 a pound, you know?
0: Yeah. You walk a lot.
1: Yeah. I want to make some money on this.
0: Well, I think like when I watch this, I think, you know, this is something uh, I would be out. This would maybe air at nine or 10 o'clock on the local news. Uh, I would have just came in from trick or treating and I'd have my big bag of candy and I'd, you know, dump it out on the kitchen table or the living room table or even the living room floor. And my parents would turn on the local news and this was on and it would just be in the background and I wouldn't be paying attention. It'd be background noise. And I sort of, this third time watching it sort of almost played it like that. I mean, I didn't go trick or treating before I didn't have a bag of candy. I always have some candy during Halloween, but I was actually uh, decorating our house, like the living room and and everything for Halloween. So I was like, this would be perfect because I don't have to really pay attention. I can have it on the background and play it and just sort of puts me in that Halloween mood. Cause I can't, if I turn on a local broadcast tonight, It's going to be about the debates. It's going to be about what's happening. It's just going to be bad news. And it's, you know, not as much fun.
1: And the poster for the movie is a kid in his Halloween costume, eating a piece of candy, maybe watching this broadcast. So, I mean, there again, they really tied it into, you know, their whole thing they're going for. And I remember reading somewhere they made a bunch of VHS tapes, like copies of this movie, and went to maybe some conventions in Pennsylvania and would just leave them sitting around, you know, bathroom on a table um, to try to get, like, people talking about the movie, you know.
0: Yeah, they did a whisper campaign, and it was uh, just such a cool idea for something like this. They didn't announce it. They didn't put it out anywhere anywhere that this was happening because uh, they let it happen organically word of mouth so months before they actually put it i'm sure it did a festival run they uh like you said they they made tons and tons of vhs copies and uh they went to a vhs convention uh different horror conventions and from what i read they were also just throwing them out of car windows while driving around baltimore <laughs> hoping that someone <laughs> would pick pick like, a copy absolutely. up and take it home and yeah watch it and I, I don't know how successful that was because, you know, by the time I heard about it, it was the the whole thing about it not being an actual Halloween special was um, already ruined for me. But it, it also makes me think of, I mean, back in, was it 99 when, or was it that? Man, when, when did, uh, it must have been around then when Blair Witch Project came out. Yeah, that was, was 99. Like, that was like, I was in, let's see, I would have been in middle school and, you know, that was like the first experience I had of where people were arguing whether it was real or not. I can remember, you know, kids at school talking about seeing the Blair Witch Project and they're like, this is actual footage they found and they made a movie from it. And this sort of has that feeling of they, you know, the found footage of not not necessarily actual found footage, but we're watching something unfold live on television that we're not supposed to, things aren't going as they're supposed to be. And that's sort of what we all love about live television anyways. I mean, we don't watch David Blaine to see if he can actually cross over the building. We're watching because we hope that he falls. Right.
1: And did Blair, Witch have credits at the end? I mean, if it's real, you wouldn't have actors names listed because I'm, I'm guessing that the family is not going to allow you to show members of their family dying and going missing and put their names at the end of the movie. You know,
0: I don't remember, but I also know, you know, I was just at that stupid age where I probably didn't even like watch it first. We probably just all, we told each other, yeah, I've, I've seen parts of it or, you know, this is before you could just go on YouTube and look it up. It was like, yeah, my brother's friend has a copy and we watched it and it's real, man. You know, there was always some kind of, uh, Rumor going around about something, but I don't remember. I remember actually watching that. I remember like cultural phenomenons like that was a big deal, and I remember for some reason the Ring was a big deal when it came out. Like people were, you know, deathly afraid of this tape. And man, this movie's so scary. You gotta watch it. They watch this tape and stuff. And
2: I hope you're talking about the original, and not that garbage remake.
1: <laughs> well, I'm guessing. No, Sam-
0: The American version. Yeah. Not Ringu, but the ring. Yeah. That's the one we watched. But again, like I, I remember so many people being terrified of that. And another one like that was, um, gosh, uh, Paranormal Activity. I had so many friends who were like, man, this genuinely scared me. And, um, I want to be scared. So I, I went into it hoping I would get a good scare and didn't do much for me. But, uh, that was another one where people were sort of saying, you know, I imagine like middle schoolers were like, man, paranormal activity is like real footage from a house, man.
2: I've told you the story about when I first saw ring, <laughs> no. I, I, I bought a copy of a, a movie called wild zero from a tape bootlegger on eBay before these things were widely distributed in the States. And just as a bonus, he threw in a copy of ring on a blank VHS tape. So like, well, let's see what this is all about. And I watched it by myself in my dorm room with the lights off. And literally the second the movie stopped and I hit rewind, my phone rang. <laughs> I punched oh, in my pants.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. I, yeah, I remember like watching it. And then, you know, me and my friends would just like stare at the phone. Like, I swear to God, if it rings, I'm not answering. Man. You answer it. <laughs> It's just like me and my friends. I also remember watching Candyman in like elementary school, and then daring each other to go into the bathroom and say his name into the mirror. I'm like, you know, at the, it's like I never believed in that stuff, but for some reason, like I, I don't want to do it now. Like I'm not gonna go do that.
1: You don't want to say Bloody Mary in the mirror, you know, no. before bed tonight, or
0: no, just don't, don't even test it, man.
1: Well, that thinking, was one of the things the I thought whispered. was weird about the movie. Oh, sorry. Yep, go ahead. They uh, he uses a spirit board, than ever once say Ouija board. He uses a spirit board, you know, to before the guy that kills his parents, you know, to talk to the evil spirits that drove him insane, or you know, made him kill his parents. But I won't touch a Ouija board to this day. Yeah, you know, no, I I want nothing to do with that. Well, the movie <laughs> was made for fifteen hundred.
2: Made for 1500 yeah. bucks, they didn't have the money to pay the licensing fee to Milton Bradley <laughs> yeah. to say Ouija board.
1: <laughs> Ouija board, yeah.
2: But thinking of the Whisper campaign and how they were throwing tapes out the window and stuff, had this been made 15 years, 20 years earlier, in the time when video rental stores were still a thing and still stocked primarily VHS tapes, this would have been a great uh, an opportunity to go rent some movies and then return them with the wrong tape in the case. Yeah. With this in it instead, like, can you imagine seeing this for the first time like that?
0: Oh man, that would have been awesome. Yeah, because I mean, you think about them doing it in modern times. uh One it's what are the chances? That, I mean, they did a VHS convention, which is smart because they know those people have VCRs and there's tapes everywhere. So that's the closest they probably get to what you're talking about. Uh, but you know, I imagine some people found them and they're like, you know, you you can go get movies on VHS tapes now at Goodwill for less than a, a quarter or less. And, uh, you know, they've basically become just garbage to a lot of people. Uh, obviously there's a comeback and there's a, a cult following for a lot of the hard to find stuff, but, um, it's just, you know, the, the whisper campaign. Yeah. I, I think that would have just been so fantastic if they could have done that and switch out the tape. So people found it organically, like, as if they got the wrong tape, got home and just start watching it. You know, it's just hard to, in this day and age, hard to organically create a campaign like that.
1: And it's funny, you say for 25 cents, because I have one VHS tape and I paid 20 cents for it. But for 20 cents, I mean, it's a copy of uh, Bubba Hotep for 20 cents. I don't know in a VCR, but I mean... For 20 cents. How can you pass it up? I mean.
0: Exactly. One of my running jokes with my friend Noah. Who was on the podcast a few weeks ago. Is every year for his birthday. I go to the local. Uh, resale shop. And I find whatever movie. I, I spend like an hour. and make Because they have hundreds and hundreds of VHS tapes. And I go through. And I organize them by title. And whichever movie has the most copies. I buy every copy of. <laughs>
2: And I wrap them
0: individually as if he's not going to know what it is. Every year he knows the fucking joke. And I put them, I I individually wrap them. I put them in a big uh, bag and I bring them. And sometimes there's always a few people who don't know me at like his get togethers and he gets this bag and he opens one and he's like, Oh, men in black on VHS. Cool. And like some people sort of like, look at me like, is he slow or something? Like what's like, And why did he get it? And then, then he'll open the second one. He's like, "Oh, cool, another copy of Men in Black on VHS." And then they look at that stack and they're like, "Are all (laughs) all all seven of those tapes going to be Men in Black?" And one year I got him uh, Kurt Cameron's Left Behind, and I found like nine copies or something. (laughs) And so, and so, what's funny was he regifted it as a joke to his like he went to his girlfriend's family Christmas, and they do the thing where everybody draws like a number, and that's. (laughs) <laughs> whose gift you get or something and he opened a copy of Kurt cameron's left behind on vhs it was like her cousin or something opened it and was like oh my gosh i've never se-. he acted so genuine he was like oh my gosh i've never seen this is it really good and noah had to like uh yeah man it's really great like he, he the, the kid didn't get the joke and he was very thankful for it and he's like i don't have a, a vhs player i don't but you know i'm gonna find one so i can watch this and Noah's was like don't don't do that. Uh it was a gag <laughs> gift, but uh he re he re-gifted it, but I just you know, he has to like he usually just turns around and gives him right back to the resale shop, so we just, you know, basically made a donation to him. But um it's a fun, fun tradition that I hope to keep this year.
2: I love that he tried to carry it on and it backfired
1: on him. <laughs> it did,
0: yeah. And he felt like a jerk. He was like You know, I brought it, and I didn't know who would get it. And he thought it was sort of like a what I forget what they call those. uh, You know, but everybody brings a gag gift, and it's like, oh, white elephant.
1: Yeah, white elephant. Yeah.
0: And it was not that everybody else brought real gifts, and he brought a copy of (laughs) Left Behind on VHS. And uh, then he was the weirdo, and I'm like, who does that? He's like, dude, you gave me seven copies. Like, you have no room to to talk about that so i'm i it's actually coming up here in a few weeks, so I need to get to the resale shop and do a little shopping but um anyways, from what I read, the Weber house scenes were shot in two days while the news anchor scenes were filmed in a single day, so they had basically three days of shooting, and then however long it took these people probably took way longer to go through the stock footage and and you know edit together these commercials. I'd imagine,
1: and I'm guessing the news anchors maybe a day or two.
0: Yeah, it said uh, one day for news anchors and the Weber House stuff was two days. So three days total. So that's that's probably a good reason that the budget was so low also that they f- all the filming took place over three days. Uh, producer Jimmy George confirmed in a 2018 screening of the film that WNUF TV 28 was actually inspired by Baltimore's WNUV TV 54, which was an independently owned TV station in the mid nineties that he would watch growing up. So, uh, when he was in the scripting phase, he accidentally kept writing WNUV instead of WNUF because, you know, it was so heavily influenced by that. And, uh, the, the religious protesters were actually inspired by Westboro Baptist church, which no surprise there.
1: Yeah. I never did figure out what the harvest meant their acronym for their name. And I don't believe it was listed anywhere on the movie.
0: Yeah. I'm not sure either, but I did see a funny sign in the crowd that says masks won't hide your sins. I'm like, how relevant is that right now? <laughs> I can see that sign in a pro in a Trump protest right now. But um, yeah, I was, you know, Overall, what did you guys, did you, I assume you guys enjoyed it because you're on here talking about it and you haven't bad mouthed it too bad. So is this something that you guys think you would watch like yearly or once was enough?
1: I would, I would throw it in every year. I mean, I watched it last week and in the front room, I usually watch my movies in the bedroom or in another room in the house. And my girlfriend actually stopped doing homework and watched it with me. And I was like, that's the second movie you've watched this week with me. So I think maybe she even enjoyed it a little bit and the fun throwback and kind of get you in the mood, you know, maybe October 1st, you know, throw this in. And like you said, decorate, you don't really need to sit down and watch the movie after you've seen it the first time. Um, I even kind of skimmed through it tonight. And I thought to myself, I should time how much time, you know, the actual movie is because I could skip the commercials. You know, I just hit the right. 15 second button and, you know, after a couple clicks, you're back to the movie. So I, you know, I skim through it and maybe a half hour, you know, just kind of get a refresher on uh, the actual story of the movie.
2: Yeah. It's uh, it's not one I would go to every year. Uh, I might, Watch it again at some point or not? It, I, I I enjoyed it. Don't don't take that to mean like I never want to see this thing again. It's just not one that feels like it's going to have a ton of rewatch value. For it would be more to show it to somebody else who hadn't seen it. Like you know, one of my friends who is roughly the same age as me who would have the same reaction to it. Like, oh man, you got to check this out. Doesn't this look just like? any of the tapes that you would have found in our parents VHS cabinets when we were kids.
0: Yeah, this is something probably I do like a birthday screening every year at the Capitol. I rent out the theater and we show, or I show two just random movies. Uh, most of the time I try to sort of theme them, but this would be something that would just be fun to show. Cause I, it, like you said, it's something fun to show people to sort of say, you know, look at this crazy concept. Look what they pulled off. It's very interesting that's why I wanted to really talk about it. Cause it's just such, it's an experiment and I think it's successful at what it was trying to do. Um, and I've heard that a sequel is going to be coming out here any day from what I've been really? told. Yeah.
2: I mean, I'll watch a sequel, but I feel like the jig is up. You know what I mean? Like yeah. doing another one, just like, Oh, well, we all know what's what this is now. So,
0: yeah, I wonder if they'll switch switch it up in any way or ha- put some kind of twist or some... You know, th- they'll have to do something because you don't want to be known to, as that director that just makes... Here's what up. I
2: would okay. do with a sequel. Now, I'm not saying this is what they're going to. I have no fucking clue. But if I was tasked with coming up with a, a follow-up to this, I would do it same... same basic deal is like, it feels like you're watching an old VHS that you taped off TV, you know, 25 years ago, forgot about and are putting it back in, but I would do it in the vein of a local horror host. So I would make the horror host segments and I would make whatever, you know, universal monster knockoff, you know, poverty row movie he was showing and do it, run it that way. You could still stick in a few commercials if you wanted, or you could make it you know just the beginning of one commercial and the end of another like someone was watching it and editing the commercials out with their remote control as it was Yeah, going. like it's, Yeah, that's a cool idea.
1: Yeah, I could see him doing the the horror host maybe in the beginning and then a uh, a uh, breaking news special report. We have an update on a uh, you know the murder house and the missing people from the news station. And then maybe, cut, you know, more to come at eight or ten and then go back to the TV show and then maybe at the end finish the story.
0: Yeah, or just I think it would just be sort of cool, like you said, just maybe a nod like uh, at the very beginning, just sort of have the tail end of a news report and, and almost tease it like. And that's you know, and that's what happened with the news anchor from Murder House. Anyways, yeah. uh, back to your movie, you know, or back to like you know Spangoolie or whatever, and they go right into the horror host thing. Uh, yeah, I, I really like that idea. I like you said, I have no idea what the sequel will bring or what they're doing or even if it has any kind of ties to the first. You know, I'm I'm willing to check it out, but like you said, I I hope it's not just trying to pull from the same well again because we just don't need another, you know, wraparound story with a ton of commercials. So hopefully they mix it up a little bit.
1: You don't want 13 more commercials of the carpet Emporium?
0: They're fun, but, you know, <laughs> they, they did it once successfully. Like, don't, you know, why touch it again? Why do it? It's yeah. not necessary. Just let it be. Why? Did you guys have any tapes like this? Like growing up, did you have any VHS tapes that you revisited every year or would watch sporadically?
1: I kind of feel like anything that I recorded, I would watch, you know, maybe once or twice. I would record a lot of wrestling and you would always run, you know, 15 minutes after if you were able to set your, you know, VCR. But I feel like after I watched it, I would, you know, use it again and record it until. I couldn't use the tape anymore and then it would be time for a new tape.
2: Oh God. Yeah. I have, like, you know, I, I said, I have a bunch of MST3K bootlegs. Not all of them are from tape traders. A lot of them were ones I taped a pretty solid chunk of the sci-fi channel era because that by that point in time, when the show moved to the sci-fi channel, that was around when we got satellite. So I taped, a lot, And it wasn't just revisiting once a year. Like, I'd watch them once a month. Because um, that was before I had, you know, 1,500 Blu-rays or whatever it is. Um, I also taped a lot of Joe Bob Briggs' Monster Vision. Sadly, I don't know where a lot of those... are Like, either they got, you know, lost in a move or left at my parents' house and thrown away when I moved out or something. I I think a couple of them are still floating around here. But, yeah, so I... The the things that I did tape off TV, I rewatched quite frequently.
0: Yeah, I know we growing up uh, and I talk about this in the episode with my sister, but we had we it was three siblings, me, my brother, my sister and my parents lived in a two bedroom house. My sister had her own room because she was a girl. Me and my brother shared a room and my parents slept on the couch, which folded out into a bed. So we were very, you know, poor, I guess you would say. I didn't know we were poor growing up. I just, you know, thought that's how everyone lived, but we basically had one TV in the house and whatever the older sibling was watching was what we would watch. But I remember we had this tape and it was just, I think it was just a VHS tape marked Halloween right on the spine. And I, I know it had the monster squad on it and it had Disney's Halloween treat. And that was probably the one I watched the most which is interesting because that was sort of like a mashup of several Disney Halloween specials and short uh, cartoons and uh, that Disney themselves sort of modge podged together and made like a, a special in the probably the early nineties, maybe probably not probably eight eighties. I would say because it was probably something that my parents recorded for my, my brother, or sister. And it just was like, okay, it's around Halloween time. When are we watching the Halloween tape? It was like, you know, I didn't know at the time it was Disney's Halloween treat or this or that. It was just the Halloween tape and we watch it once a year and that every year it it seemed to uh, degrade a little bit in quality. And I remember I got to this age where I was too cool for it, obviously. And, you know, I had graduated up to probably PG 13 movies. And um, I remember my cousin had kids and my sister like donated the tape to them. And, I think I I was, I was well old enough to, you know, I I was too old for this and too cool for it, but I felt a little bit of like a sting. I was like, but that's our tape. Like that's ours to watch. And it was like, well, we pass it on to someone else to enjoy. And I was, I was really sad about it, but I was too cool to admit I was sad. I was like, oh, you know, that's cool. They're, they're babies and I'm not a baby. So, (laughs) but I, I wonder you know, I often wonder if that's still out there somewhere. Luckily, I found the Disney Halloween Tree on YouTube. Someone had a really good quality rip and uh, put it on YouTube. And somehow Disney hasn't shut it down. And they've they've added some of the clips from that onto the Disney Plus, but they haven't added the entire special, which it's not the same to me. I, I want the entire special. And, and once again, I would love to watch a VHS tape with the commercials just to see the the Halloween commercials on local t v at that time,
1: and do you think that's what people are maybe upset about with the peanuts? You talk about watching a a Disney thing, but you know a lot of people are upset about peanuts. It's not on broadcast t v You could still watch it. I mean, but you know it's that we've done this every year for twenty years or ten years with our kids, and now we won't be able to watch it because we don't have apple plus tv and you know what are we going to do when it's thanksgiving and christmas and you know whatever the next holiday is after that that there's a peanut special and is garfield going to be gone next and what's after yeah, that you know
0: yeah it's tradition you know and yeah i'm totally guilty of it's weird because like nicky and i were just talking about cutting cable and for the last several months I've been trying to tell her, you know, we don't watch enough cable for me to be paying this bill. Like we, we got to figure something out. You know, almost everything we watch is either on uh, physical DVD, Blu-ray, or we watch something streaming, but I rarely turn over cable. But soon as October hits, there's something in my body that craves watching horror movies on cable. Like it's, it's like a weird comforting thing where I don't have to pick what movies, on what movie to watch. I don't, have to sit down and you know focus on it it's like i turn on amc monster fest or i turn on sci Fi's 30 days of horror or something and like the halloween four score is like white noise to me at this point just hearing it in the background uh is like comforting to me while i am cooking dinner or while i'm getting ready for bed or it's like even when i go lay down I literally turn our bedroom TV on to AMC and I fall asleep to like last night was there airing psycho followed by the exorcist. And it's like this time of year, that's the only time I get excited. I'm like, they're showing a black and white uh, Hitchcock movie on AMC at prime time. How cool is that? Like when's the last time that happened, you know, outside of Turner classic movies or something. And it just makes me think about all the movies I discovered on monster vision growing up um you know staying the night at a friend's house and watching the Friday 13th marathon on on Monster Vision or discovering the Fun House on Monster Vision things like that you know just it just i don't know it's it's indescribable but it's like so super comforting and um just something that feel like my my october isn't complete until you know i've seen some of these movies i play every year on cable
1: yeah we haven't had cable for maybe two years and i'll catch myself watching pluto um you know because it's streaming that's pretty much live streaming tv but i'll right. catch myself watching old episodes of press your luck or you know the hollywood squares stuff i would never watch but you know it's on and it's i don't really have to pay attention to it i don't have to you know rewind if i miss anything um but i would imagine Pluto has a couple horror stations that you could probably they uh, do click on there's a scream factory station i think yeah that you you know would click on and it pick whatever you wanted for you you know and,
0: and that's what i do sort of like about the about shutter having three channels is like sometimes i i just the uh, probably my anxiety but picking something is the hardest part for me and sitting once something's playing, I can sit down and watch it, but deciding I spend more time doing that than actually watching a movie.
2: Yeah, I get that. And I, I've canceled cable. I don't know, f- at least five years ago. And the only thing I had been keeping it for, for several years before that was watching Sven And I dearly miss Sven <laughs> but it wasn't worth $80 a month for one show a week. I, I wish they would figure out a way to put that online. But I, I know exactly what you mean because I do, and especially like AMC and Turner Classic Movies in particular because they play a lot of the cooler, old, you know, classic Universal and, and Monogram and that kind of thing. Um, you know, old Bill Lugosi movies and Boris Karloff and that kind of thing. And that's, I, I that feeling you were talking about of just that being comforting, having that on television. I, I totally get that.
1: Yeah, we uh invested—not really invested. It was a twenty-dollar uh one of the flat antennas from Amazon. I don't know what company it is, but I do get. I think it's uh, it's not. It's is it me? me TV? Yeah, me TV is at eight point three or one of those, and Sven Guli's on Saturday nights at eight on the channel. I mean, and. Most of the time, if it's not really cloudy, it comes in just fine. You know, um,
2: I tried um, that, but I live directly across the street from our hospital and the tall building combined with all the aerials and all the extra bullshit (laughs) they have going on completely screws up any antenna signal. It's hopeless.
1: You just have to climb on top of the hospital and put it up there. (laughs) There you go.
2: Yeah,
0: I mean, we, we're lucky we have Midnight Mausoleum too, and I discovered that probably three or four years ago, just flipping through. I, I think I was on like the cable guide, you know, flipping through and seeing what's on, and it, it they had some old horror movie. I'm like, what's this showing on local TV? I clicked on it, and there was a girl hosting it, and I'm like, holy fuck, we have like a local horror host, and this was before I knew uh, Jason and Mike, so it's been actually longer than that, but I was, you know, holy crap. And then I discovered Halloween Palooza and she's a guest every year. And I sort of, you know, start following her online and stuff and it's just really, really cool that we still have someone that local that is accessible and that's still doing that. And she, uh, I I watched it maybe last weekend and it's just so cool because even she's even in several of the commercials that they air during the show. So it's like really immersive because she even pops up in some of the ads. It's like, Oh, that's really cool. It definitely feels like uh, the movie we're talking WNUF. It definitely has that vibe to it. And if you watched what if you watch this and you see her in the commercials, you might actually think her her uh, Midnight Mausoleum is more fake than this because it's like what are the odds that she's popping up in the actual commercials too? Have you watched that before, uh, Brian? Midnight Mausoleum? Yeah, in
1: yeah. And she was at a Midwest Monster Fest last year. And I met her there, and my son took pictures with her because they're attractive young ladies. And, um, yeah, that's where I get that late-night feel of the commercials is during her show. Um, There's a lot of local. I mean, it's almost totally local commercials during her show because I think on one channel, it's on from, like, 11 to, you know, 12.30. But on another channel it's on like Saturday night at like two or three in the morning. So if you're up at two or three in the morning, that's all you're getting is local stuff. Maybe a, you know, throw in hotline commercial. If they have a, you know, yeah, a tarot reading commercial they want to throw on. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, you're getting all local stuff. Um,
0: And she even plays like trailers for old, like grindhouse movies and stuff during commercial breaks, which is really cool.
1: Yeah. And she's even done some shorts that I've seen that they, uh, throw on. Um, I don't know if they're like intros to the show because I've never really seen them there, but she has done like a couple, uh, maybe like a, you know, a zombie, uh, short and another couple shorts that I've seen her do. Um, and they do a lot of funny stuff with the movie, you know, they'll, they have their short skits, you know, uh, I think there's one that's kind of like Star Trek or, you know, an outer space one. Um, So I think it's a relatively long show. I mean, they show a lot of older movies, so the movies aren't really that long. But by the time you do, you know, a lot of her talking and their skits, you know, you're looking at maybe an hour and a half, two hours with only maybe a 45 minute movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So do you guys have any, like, Halloween specials or special episodes or anything that is really sort of nostalgic for you that, you know, not just on tape, but just anything in general that you watch, like, every year as tradition?
1: We watch uh, every year. Um, Peanuts we watch, uh, which is, you know, the great chunk, the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Um, we'll watch Garfield. And then lately we've been watching the curious George one and I have a two year old and she loves that one. And it's actually for being curious, George, it's actually relatively entertaining, has a nice little story. Um, you know, if you were maybe four or five and had a little understanding of it, it might be a little on the scary side for someone that age, but you know, she just sees the monkey and the man in the yellow hat and, enjoys the colors Um, yeah but other than that um no not really uh i'm doing and i'm sure you've seen it on twitter you know 61 days of halloween because it's a pandemic and you know there's nothing really else to do but uh i've kind of made my list i was kind of playing it by ear up until the week before halloween and then i've kind of made a list of movies that i'll watch um The week before Halloween, and yeah, staples
0: that you have to watch.
1: Well, not really. There's only two. I you know I did a Friday the Thirteenth for the Friday before Halloween, and then I did Halloween the original on Halloween. Um, But all the other stuff was kind of stuff that I was like, you know, I want to do this category. I want to do an Italian movie. I want to do a you know a a kaiju movie that I haven't seen. And of course, without pain, none of the Godzillas are you know, streaming anywhere that I could find. So I found, um, I think it's a Japanese movie from like this year that was released that I'll watch, um, a zombie movie. I've never seen the original day of the dead. So, you know, I threw that on there. Um, and just kind of the howling, cause I did one deal werewolf movie. Um, and I don't, I've probably seen it, but it's been so long ago that I wouldn't remember it. So, I'm going to throw that in there, but I think every year, you know, from this point forward, I'll just maybe make a list the week before Halloween. You know, the 61 days has been like, I'm ready for this to be over because I started a new job and working 10 hours a day at a new job. It's kind of hard to come home and watch a movie every night.
0: Oh yeah. You know, I it's mean... like,
1: I'm stressed out more about the movies, not some nights than I am about the job, you know, like,
0: yeah it becomes more homework or like uh more work than fun.
1: Yeah and I heard uh, one of your guests on uh, your other podcast that you're on say that she'd watched 634 movies in the last year and I'm thinking does she do anything else? Like is that that would, that would almost be all you would do? To That's me. That's got to
2: be Erica from Customers also watched. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. But, I mean, to find an hour and a half every day is Don't leave me
2: hanging, man. What
1: is the Kaiju movie? (laughs) Uh, Where's my list? I took a picture of it. Let me see.
0: Yeah, you're killing them over here with the suspense.
1: (laughs) Well, I did watch Shin Godzilla not too long ago. Excellent. And enjoyed that. Where's that list at? Uh... Uh, I don't know how to pronounce it, but uh, R-A-I-G-A, God of the Monsters?
2: Raiga, yeah, that is, yeah the second, Riga. that is the second of Shinpei Hayashi. Uh, there's Riego, uh, Deep Sea Monster. There's Raiga, well, the they, SRS Cinema changed the name to Raiga, God of the Monsters, to convince people they were going to be seeing Godzilla, King of the Monsters, instead. And then uh, the third movie, Raiga versus Oga, uh, is out on blu-ray now from their website should be in in walmart's across the country soon i yeah, like so kaiju he... movies if you couldn't tell <laughs>
1: yeah yeah i, I kind of got that feeling from the um when you're on attack of the killer podcast and uh, i've almost <laughs> I won't bought shut the, the fuck up about it <laughs> yeah i've almost bought the godzilla thing but i don't know where i would stick it because you know it's a big book yeah it's, it's big just, and weird you know the same thing with the uh, the Arrow release. They just released uh, the Gamera
2: box. Yeah, well, you don't have it, to worry about that one because it sold out. In yeah, just it's sold over out a week. So <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. So I won't get that. But um, yeah, my list. I did a, a Day of the Dead, Suspiria, The Slayer, which is an Arrow movie. So I was like, well, I got it sitting here wrapped up in plastic. I might as well watch it.
2: That's a fun one sort of a proto nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah.
1: The Howling uh the Kaiju movie. Uh Friday 13th part 2 um, cuz it's Friday and I I'll probably get hate for it but the first movie just I mean it's fine but it's not Jason Voorhees and you Spoiler know, I, alert. Yeah, I mean I it just doesn't great. Do it now I'm going
2: to have to return my Stream Factory set. You'll yeah. ruin the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing.
1: And then the original Halloween because, I mean, what other Halloween would you watch on Halloween? I mean...
0: Oh, I, that's a whole different podcast watched, for me.
1: I watched part four three times the other night at work so I think I've seen that one enough.
0: Yeah. Um, it's really weird for me this year because usually this time of year I am in a like super crazy schedule at the Capitol every night showing either, um, a public domain horror movie or something I booked or, you know, I'm always, I was any night that the theater wasn't booked for a concert, I would be playing a movie. And obviously this year we have nothing. And I've had people reach out and they're like, what are you playing? What are you doing? It was like, it's not worth it. But I've, I just, it's like, you know, I just find ways to keep myself busy like this. You know, I, I would not be able to record this. I wouldn't even be able to start a podcast alone and record with you guys if I was uh, doing my normal routine. So it's sort of nice, but I, I was sort of hoping this year I would actually get more movies like actually watched because believe it or not, when you're running a theater like that and running projector and everything, by the time you get the movie started, I, I get so nervous about uh, something not working right or the screen not looking good or the presentation or someone's in the crowd talking stuff. I never actually get to enjoy the movies themselves. So it's really just a labor of love and I don't get to enjoy much of it, but um, I've just keep finding ways to take up time. So I haven't watched a whole lot this year, but uh, like what, what are some of your other, what do you guys, I mean, is there any other traditional things you watch every year?
2: Um, I'm usually, I I'm always a little wary of starting traditions because then I feel beholden to them and then as you were saying earlier, then it then becomes like work. Um so like I watch Jaws every Fourth of July, and that's about really my only movie tradition. Um and even this year I broke that tradition. We watched Jaws 2 because Terry had never seen any of the sequels, but it's still, you know, close enough. Um so I don't really have any specific things. This time of year always makes me feel a little more in the mood for old black and white ones, uh more classic stuff like we were talking about earlier, you know, universal movies or um you know some stuff that Sam Katzman made for Columbia or something like that, but uh, uh there there isn't really anything that I have to watch every year, not even necessarily a movie in the Halloween franchise will get watched this time of year. It's just I watch horror movies year round anyway, so you know, why, why turn it into homework?
0: Right. I've tried to, the last couple of years, really put an emphasis on the fact that like this is just a date on a calendar. And we watch horror movies all the time. And so every day is Halloween. So don't, because I, I would build up to this day and I would get so excited and the day would come and go really fast, mm-hmm. and then I would get super sad about it, and it's like, why am I sad? I can I can watch the same goddamn movie on November 1st that I could on the 31st, and it's it's no different other than the fact that the normies aren't watching it with me, and it's not it, on... AMT the time anymore. of
2: year does make them feel more special, though.
0: It does. Like, and, I, but I, tra- I,
2: I get the anticipation in, in that regard, but yeah, the, the crash afterward is almost worse than... It's kind of the same reason I don't really do birthday stuff. I just, like, because you build it up into your head to be something bigger than it could ever be, and you're always just guaranteeing yourself some disappointment. Last Halloween, I spent stuck in a fucking airplane. (laughs) Literally the entire day, I was either in an airport or on an airplane. I was going to do something fucking awesome, but that was was like... uh... No, I'm not complaining about what I got to do because of it. I went to Japan for Godzilla's birthday, for Christ's sake. But uh, I, you know, I, I especially had to be careful not to build up the Halloween season of my head at that point because I knew I wasn't going to be doing anything fun. I wasn't even going to be spending it with any people I loved. I was just one person stuck in an airport traveling from Minneapolis to Tokyo
0: like the, last year was probably like the worst year for me as far as halloween spirit like i i think I, I just gotten to the point where i would get so worried and and worked up about topping myself every year at the theater and making sure everything was great and that it's almost like as a horror fan people you know, it's like they almost build up the anticipation for you. And it's like, man, you know, what are you doing? What, what, how are you celebrating? I'm going to come by the house, look at your decorations. Last year, I didn't even bring a single decoration upstairs. I, you know, Nikki was sort of like, you know, you're going to decorate for Halloween, all this stuff. And I just did not, you know, I never really got around to it. And, uh, it just, I don't know, last year I was just in general sort of, in a funk and this year i i have not gotten back to my former glory in any way but i definitely put up a lot of decorations and of trying to just um do it at my own pace because she keeps reminding me like it's not about like getting them up at, on october 1st and having them up for the entire month it's the, the process of hanging them is making you happy putting them up going through the totes finding stuff you forgot you had um you know and and you seen it so it's like i made a focus on decorating in the house rather than outside cuz i live in the house i don't necessarily see my yard as much as i do my living room so i want to be surrounded by it and sort of and really enjoy it
1: yeah enjoy it october because i know once november 1st hits every christmas movie and she probably has 80 of them and she buys the channel that streams hallmark movies and I'm about to watch 8 million hours of Christmas Hallmark movies that all have the same premise. Uh, someone gets broke down in a small town in the middle of Iowa or Indiana or somewhere and falls in love with a local guy that, you know, and it's like, by the end of this, I'm like, oh, Lord, is it Halloween again? Or <laughs> any any holiday, any anyone but Christmas, because I've seen all these. You know, they're all the same. And that's all that's on the TV in the front room for probably from November 1st until she stops paying for it sometime in January. Because that's her favorite holiday. So this is a nice, as much as it is maybe work to watch all these movies, it's a nice, this is kind of my thing. I don't get, you know, I don't get any gruff or anything for. Watching movies building up to Halloween, but I know what's coming.
0: Yeah, it seems like an even trade off, though. I yeah, mean, if you're yeah. watching 60, 60 days of horror movies, I think uh, you owe her a little bit. But I, I think about, like, you know, th- just watching WNUF, I think about the Halloween specials and episodes growing up for me like uh, me and my friends would get together every Friday night and watch, are you afraid of the dark at our house? Uh, and you know, we'd, we'd have too much Mountain Dew and beef jerky and candy. And that was sort of a fun tradition. Um, obviously the Roseanne Halloween episodes were a huge deal cause they went all out. But for some reason at our household, the home improvement Halloween episodes were sort of a bigger yep. deal than the Roseanne ones.
2: <laughs> yeah. Was that it, same for you? Yes, it was. <laughs>
0: Like, I don't think we ever missed an episode of Home Improvement in our household. Uh, And I remember, you know, specific episodes. They'd always build that haunted house in their basement. And they just obviously painted an unrealistic portrayal of Halloween. But, man, it was just so cool to see. I don't know if shows do Halloween episodes anymore.
2: Community does some pretty great Halloween or did some pretty great Halloween episodes.
0: And I think The Office did, too. But they were sort of exceptions.
1: Yeah, yeah. One of my favorite uh, newer shows is The Goldbergs, and I don't know if they've done Halloween.
0: Yes, I know, they dude, have. they did
2: it last year with Freddy Krueger. With, with, uh, yeah, Robert with Englund, yeah right? with Robert
1: England Yeah, 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 yeah. He came. Yeah, back one, one
2: year Beverly and Adam dressed up as Predator and the Queen Alien, respectively,
1: or maybe yeah, it was just a yeah. Warrior Alien, but yeah. So that's maybe one of the few newer shows that I could you know say off the top of my head does a halloween
0: um obviously we get a new treehouse of horrors every year i i admit i haven't watched them in a couple years it used to be something i always had to catch and even dvr them so i could you know watch them later but i sort of fell off of the simpsons years back and
2: yeah, I've watched the last to. few of those, and the one last year was pretty good. The one the year before was kind of a of a letdown. The one the of the recent Treehouses of Horror, um, probably my favorite, just because of the opening, was the one that uh, Guillermo del Toro directed. The opening,
0: I remember that one. Yeah. I saw I saw the opening sequence, but I didn't see the episode. But the opening sequence was awesome.
2: I mean, the opening sequence is better than anything in the rest of the episode, <laughs> but.
0: I remember like even Strange Things and uh I know Jason Bollinger listening to this is would was probably yelling at the computer, but I remember the Boy Meets World um Halloween special. It was awesome because it was a parody of a slasher. Like it was a standalone yes. episode that didn't follow the timeline. It was his own separate uh special and it was like they were stuck in the school with a slasher who was trying to knock them off one by one. And Jennifer Love Hewitt actually had a cameo as uh, she was like, Jennifer something pepper. I don't know. Jason probably knows off the top of his head, but uh, she played like a parody of her character from, I know What eat Did last summer. And uh, the whole episode was sort of like a scream Friday, 13th uh, slasher homage. And I'm like, they would never do that now, but it's so cool that, you know, even in the nineties we had so many. Like they make entire DVDs of just the, you know, Roseanne Halloween episodes and that kind of stuff. And even Say by the Bell, I remember they did a mystery weekend episode and it was like a parody of Clue where they all went to this big house for this party. And uh, one by one, they were like getting killed off. And it was once again, a standalone episode and that was outside of the, you know, actual run of, of episodes, but, uh, just the idea, like every show back when we were kids had a Halloween episode, if it aired, if the, if the show was airing in the fall and it was something really big, you know, it was something that promoted heavily and we'd all, you know, it's like, you couldn't miss it. It was, there was no DVR back then. You could record on a tape, but it was like, I remember, you know, my mom would be like, Oh, this is, you know, home improvement Halloween one's on tonight. And I'd be like, you know, I'm, I'm can't wait to finish dinner and and lay down and watch that. That's that's so awesome.
1: And you would go to school, and you didn't want to be the one kid that didn't watch it, and you know was on the playground and everybody, Oh, did you see, uh, you know, The Simpsons or Roseanne? And no, I got in trouble, loser. You know, like <laughs> the one the one kid that did get to watch it, because like you said, there was no way to go back and watch it. I mean maybe it rerun the next year, you know, the week before, or, you know, at some point during the year, but you didn't be the want to be the one kid that didn't get to watch the Halloween special or, you know, among your friends and get beat up or something.
0: For sure. I mean, there was the Tales from the Dark Side Halloween one, Halloween Candy that Tom Savini directed. That one creeped the shit out of me. Uh, And I watched that one like well after it aired. That wasn't one I actually watched as a kid, but it became an episode that I, as an adult rewatched and really liked. But did you guys have any other favorite uh, Halloween episodes that pop up in your mind? Like shows that had Halloween episodes?
1: Not that I can think of. I think we covered them. Yeah.
2: Home Improvement was top of the heap. And then later years, uh, the Roseanne ones, more discovering that on DVD. I didn't watch that as a kid because my parents didn't like it. So we never watched it, but I loved Home Improvement. Well,
0: I was going to say, I'm glad that I feel like I was like alone on the idea that I actually, we watched and preferred the Home Improvement Halloween episodes because everybody talks about the Roseanne ones, but at our house, it was all tool time all the time. <laughs> so um with that, I think, we can start wrapping up. Uh, did you guys have anything you wanted to talk about? I know um, Brian's been doing, a Brian Clark's been doing a lot of writing for several different uh, publications. He's been working on stuff. Uh, what do you have going on now or, you know, what should people, how can people find what you're doing?
2: Uh, you can find my Amazon author page. I've got a couple of anthologies and then just a standalone self-published short story up there so far um otherwise i've been writing for scream magazine i don't know when my next article will see print because they only publish every other month um i have a piece on son of kong that's been out for a couple of issues now and uh they've got like six or seven more of my articles on deck for whenever so uh just keep watching their pages i guess
0: wow you've written that many already and got them submitted
2: yeah, yeah, they, they take them as soon as I write them. It's just, I think they kind of go into a slush pile. and uh, Yeah, you know, put what, them where what, they what, can fit. Right, yeah.
0: That's fantastic. I'm so glad that, you know, you're getting that opportunity. And, you know, I'll keep buying them as long as your name's inside the pages. Well,
2: well thank you. I appreciate that.
0: And Godzilla, I know you... Are tweeting all the time you're on instagram uh where can people follow you to see what you're watching on your sixty days of Halloween?
1: Well, I'm on twitter it's at g s i l eight four um that's probably the best place to follow me you know I post a little picture a little synopsis of the movies I've watched um we got a big night tomorrow night uh we have Joe Bob tomorrow night it sounds like mm-hmm. and I have no idea what the movies are because I haven't really looked other than, you know, uh, tweeting a little bit about it this week. So that will be my uh, fun for Friday night.
0: Right. When you're listening to this, it will be the Monday after and we will know what was played, but we're all excited for we're recording this on Thursday to uh, pull the curtain and we're all very stoked to have what's equivalent to an adult version of the Halloween special and luckily we get several of them throughout the year and even seasons of Joe Bob Briggs cuz to me Monster Vision was everything as far as introducing me to horror introducing me to new movies finding and discovering things and uh feel, making me feel included and normal to enjoy these types of things
2: absolutely and even I'll go so far as to say Joe Bob is a huge influence on uh me wanting to be a film writer Um, you know, he's me being published in scream magazine goes back to me watching monster vision as a kid and going, wow, you can do that. (laughs) And I, am not doing it for a living by any means, (laughs) maybe someday, but, um, you know, that, that's what kind of got the ball rolling there. And you say the adult version of a, a Halloween special, but I dare say watching Joe Bob back on TV now makes me feel more nostalgic than, than a marathon of home improvement episodes. Absolutely, man. Yeah, Yeah,
0: absolutely. I'm
1: I'm lucky enough to share Joe Bob with my 14 year old. And uh, there's been a couple movies that I'm like, but being a 14 year old boy, I'm sure he's heard or seen things that are a lot worse than anything he's going to see on Joe Bob.
0: Yeah. That was probably the age when I maybe, no, I was, I was, I think pretty, a little few years younger than that, probably preteen when I started watching monster vision. And, uh, yeah, I remember staying the night at my friend's house. He had bunk beds and he had this little tiny TV. It was probably a 13 inch TV and he had cable and it was like the coolest thing ever. I I grew up in a household that had one TV and going to his house, he had a TV in his bedroom and his parents never came in to see what we we're watching. So we watched, you know, monster vision. And I don't necessarily know that he, cared about it but i loved watching it and you know of course then it was like oh i'm gonna stay home on the weekends and watch it and obviously we could record an entire joe bob episode at some point but um you know that like brian said it just sort of goes back to and, and now especially that really harkens back to um what we're talking about with these specials you have to it's part of community. We're watching Joe Bob at the same time. Now um, we do these group chats, we live tweet, we chat back and forth on Facebook about what's playing and that kind of stuff. And it's, it's like, you don't want to be the guy who didn't watch Joe Bob Friday night. You don't want to watch a Saturday. Everyone's already seen it and they're already talking about it and spoiling it. So uh, it's just cool that we have again, something that we can all share a, a mutual love for and watch it at the same time as a group.
1: Yeah, I I catch myself asking my son, uh, will any of your friends watch Joe Bonbon Friday night? You know, when you talk to him on Monday or whenever they go back to school, you know, you need to ask him. And he always says no. And uh, Well, you need to find new friends. But then I catch myself (laughs) thinking, who lets their 14-year-old watch Cannibal Holocaust? And then I remember being 14 and my parents or maybe a friend's parents letting us watch Uh, the Tim Ritter truth or dare or faces of death. And I'm thinking, (laughs) Oh Lord, that's me. I'm I'm those parents.
2: (laughs) Truth or dare and faces of death are miles apart.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Well, thanks again so much for joining me guys. Uh, It was great talking to you all. Thanks. Halloween. when this airs, like I said, we're, we'll are we be less than a week away from the holiday. So, you know, happy Halloween to everybody. I, I hope you enjoy. I hope you maybe find a few specials that we mentioned on here that you can throw on. And I, you know, check out WNUF Halloween special. It's on Shudder for free. Uh, if you don't have Shudder, I don't know what you're doing listening to this. But if you don't, you can use the code AOTKP, get a free month of it and check it out. Um, enjoy Joe Bob WNUF all kinds of fantastic programming on there Um, and we'll see you next time on First Time Podcast thanks again thank you again for listening to the First Time Podcast if you haven't already please follow us on Instagram Twitter and give us a like on Facebook follow or subscribe to the First Time Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and if you like what you hear leave a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts a huge thank you goes out to Scott Schreiner of Weezer for our intro and outro music. Last but not least, do us a favor and share this podcast with someone else who might enjoy it. We appreciate your support. You're watching WNUF.
2: Hey, creeps. Do you want to hear horrifying tales of vampires, zombies, werewolves, and more? Then pick up your phone and dial the premiere Horror Hotline one monster Talk directly to demons. So scary, you'll be dying for more. Under 18, we'll get your parents' permission before calling. $2 for the first minute, 45 cents each additional minute. one monster Dial in and freak out.